Howdy y'all, I'm Lance Howard. Welcome to another episode. I'm here to help you strengthen the soul of your leadership and transform your marriage. Today, I'm honored to have my guest, Peter, from the Kinsman Journal. Peter and I connected over a brief LinkedIn conversation that led to us jumping on a Zoom, which ultimately led to what we have today. Instead of doing a traditional podcast interview with Peter and the Kinsman Journal, you can find out more about Peter over at kinsmanjournal.com, Peter opted for a coaching conversation. So I took off a podcasting hat and put on the coaching hat, and we dove deep into where the Kinsman Journal is headed, specifically what God could be calling him into in this next season of life. Oftentimes, life and transition has a way of calling us into the next adventure, but sometimes anxiety or fear holds us back from taking that next step of courage that we need. So I hope you enjoy this coaching conversation from Peter and I. And if you would like to be featured on a coaching conversation, please head over to lancehoward.com and send me a message. And I would be honored to see if you're the right fit for a podcast coaching interview. But sit back and enjoy this conversation and specifically see what is helpful for you and what step of courage you need to take to overcome fear in your next season of life and leadership and transform your leadership from the inside out and lead with a well-done mindset. Peace and courage to you. Thank you for tuning in. Well, so I can do one of two things at this point. Uh, we can do just a, a, a brief traditional podcast, uh, or I can put on a coaching hat and uh, we can work through something meaningful to you that's currently going on in life. Let's do a coaching. I'd appreciate okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that'd be Let's fun. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll just keep going. What, well, let me ask you this. Have you had an official like coaching style conversation before? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's not no, magic. I mean, it's not magic. We're just here to play. So, yeah, no, I mean, I've had a couple of conversations with some guys that have really just started to <clears throat> get me to think like, okay, Peter, what, what's ahead? Like you need to really give some thought to what this is, what the Lord wants to do with it. You know, what your life will look like. Um, just, it's just kind of gotten me thinking about it. You know, it's so easy to just put on cruise control. Um, with with it and so i think just anytime i can get someone else's perspective or thought in it and so um so yeah a gentleman asked me that question just a few weeks ago just he's been a great he's become a really great friend and he leads an organization that i don't know if you would classify it as consulting or coaching but um it's a leadership consortium that he leads down in louisiana a really great guy and uh so it just got me thinking about some some things so yeah, that's good. Here we are. I, I think that's one of the unique things that, that piqued my curiosity about coaching was years ago. Like, like, right. Jesus was the greatest coach because like the blind man and Bartimaeus is like, well, what do you want? And, and yet Bartimaeus, we look at it and it's like, oh, well, of course he wants to be able to see, right. Duh. But yet when we begin to ask each other that same question of how many men and individuals leaders get stumped by like, Okay, let, let's take that like five layers deep and like say like what 
what do you really want right uh so it's, i i just find it an intriguing way to engage the heart mind and soul you know but also to, to glorify god um along the way um as well so in our brief time here it looks like we maybe have 30 minutes left what would be meaningful helpful what would be a specific result uh from our our, our brief conversation yeah i would say um I would just say effectively articulating what I really want, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like, yeah. you know, I am a very vision heavy person. And so I have a lot of things that I would love to achieve and accomplish. Uh, but I certainly don't want to get ahead of the Lord and whatever he would have for me. But I know that he also gives us free will, you know, and as long as we're obedient and, and, leaning on him in that process, uh, he's going to bless the things that we're doing because we're honoring him and the way that we live and, and all that. And so, but I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, what do I want my life to look like in three, four, five years from now? And so, um, you know, primarily from a career standpoint and, uh, you know, I have a great career. Uh, it's, it's very, very good. It gives me the opportunity to work with a lot of people and be in the community and do a lot of really great things um but like any job i mean it's got its share of frustrations and challenges sometimes i question if i'm in the right position within the bank as opposed to do i want to work for the bank um not because i don't like the financing and the lending but rather just the compliance and all the other stuff is just nauseating to someone like me who's a you know a very vision <laughs> connective relational person i'm like oh so, you know, I just, I'm thinking about that, but the other side of that is just with my kids and my family. Like I, I just, I, you know, I value the time that I'm able to spend with my kids. I mean, that, that is, and my family, my wife, I mean, I, that is absolutely front and center uh, for me yeah. and my life. And so, and part of that comes and it stems from, you know, burden and pain as a child and going through divorce and dad not being around all that kind of stuff. So naturally, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be very important for me. Um, but I think about, you know, my wife's family, we have a lot of family in Wisconsin, she does in Indiana. And so most of my time that I spend PTO is, you know, going to see family, which is great, you know, but just the constraints of working in the traditional corporate environment, um, sometimes weighs very heavily on me. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and naturally, I'm a, an, an achiever. And so, when I have a counterpart that it takes them eight hours to do something, well, I can get that done in four. My thought is, well, I'm going to go enjoy my four hours where the corporate's like, no, you need to stay there for another four hours. <laughs> okay, well, what right. do I do next? And so I'm certainly not saying I'm better or anything like that. I just, you know, I just have a knack for understanding how it works. And just, right. so I, you know, I just, I look at, you know, my most valuable asset, which is my time. And I think for me, the definition of success is being able to control my time. And so that is the ultimate luxury. And so I just think about, okay, in five years, what would I want that to look like? And I dream about like, uh, you know, honestly, I would love to go really, really hard for like nine months of the year. And then for three months, probably, you know, four weeks in December, you know, into January, and then a couple of months during the summer, just be like, no, this is time where I'm just with my family and, and I'm, you know, working maybe five to 10 hours a week here and there, but to craft a life like that, it takes a lot of intentionality. Um, but I'm thinking about, okay, is that something that I would like to do someday? 
So, so those are the things that I'm thinking about. So yeah. Not, nothing, nothing small about, about that. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. So, so if we were to just play for, for a moment, uh, if you were to, to look back and say three years, just, just on the, our brief conversation and you look back and, and we saw each other say it in little rock, Arkansas, for some reason, you're like, man, Lance, I'm so glad we had that conversation. Here's what life looks like right now. Like, how would you begin to finish finish that story in three years from now? And, and you're like, man, I'm so thankful that we had that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be where I am today or where I would be in three years is moving in that direction. You know, um, I think just rather than just keeping it all up here, putting some practical ways to actually execute what I really, really want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not at the expense of, um, you know, I, I certainly believe in sacrifice, you know, especially when you're making changes, but I, you know, I don't want to cut my income by two thirds and then just be scraping by on ramen and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't yeah. believe that's, I don't believe that's the step. Um, and so I think if anything, I, I just putting together a, a realizable goal, um, for the next three months that turn into the next six months, the next nine months in years say, okay, what are a couple of things that I could be working on today that are going to pay dividends in a year that will be compounded in three years that will lead to where I want to be in five years. And what does that look like? And so this conversation is to say, okay, Maybe you recognize, say, Peter, this is something you need to do. This is something you need to do every single week. Maybe it's revisiting this. Maybe it's having this discussion in a, you know, more practical way with my wife. My own wife and I have talked about this all the time, but like where I'm like, hey, babe, you know, every so often I need you to ask me, okay, Peter, what are you doing here, you know, to, to get you to what that looks like. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, I mean, that would be. That would be the great scenarios. And three years from now, we run into each other, and and I'm like, man, listen, I'm 80 percent there. Like I'm, it's it's we're getting there. And so, because I think deep down, that's what I really want. You know, I I, I mean the, you know, the income and the stability is certainly here with the bank and all of that. But it's funny, it's how things are inverted, right? The the very thing that you want so badly when you're younger with kids is time with them, and then finally when you get older, you don't get that. And yet you are in a position. And so I, you know, if I need to live my life inverted for 10 years or 15 years until my kids move out, I don't really care, but I just, I don't know. I've just, and I, and I think now in this day and age, it's easier than ever to do that because more and more people are doing it the way that the world works. Um, and so I think just crafting a specific way in which I could create that life uh, is really what I'm focused on. Interesting. So, yeah. So I five years all over the place. No, here. you're you're great. You're great. Uh, so five years. You have time, uh, luxury, uh, three months off. You've gone hard at nine months, whatever that is. Uh, what is what does that do for you? Like, what do you believe that that does for you? To have that well, time time freedom. Yeah, I think you know. I think. Um, I just recognize a few things. Number one, 
we all need time for ourselves, you know, individual time for reflection, for, um, you know, physical, you know, exercise, also for mental space, margin. I mean, margin is such an important thing. It's very hard to have margin when you have young children and you're working for a company. And I mean, it's just, you know, it it's hard uh, because there's really not time grafted in because naturally as an employee, um, your, your, your role is to make that person money, um, which is great. I mean, that's, you know, we need that. And, and that's a good thing. It's, and I'm in no way complaining. I'm very fortunate and blessed for where I am. I, I, I really, really am. Um, but I want to have more control over my time because I realize that sometimes there are moments or there are things that come up or happen and I want to be able to just say, no, I need to do that. You know, whether it's fly out to see a friend for a couple of days or whether it's, you know, my kids just need a little bit more of my time this week or my wife's going through some difficult things with friendships. So I need to step it up. And so it's just it's just the ability to pivot and not have to ask for permission, yeah. you know, yeah. or like when we have a lot of family up north, you know, like if I want to say, hey, kiddo, you want to, you know, you want to go fishing with Papa this weekend for a few days. Great. Let's grab in the, let's hop in the car and let's go. Right. I got to submit a PTO request for two days. Like I just, I mean, I just like, and I get it. Like, and with that stability comes all those different things. But like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I know, or not I know, but I re realize that the next decade or 15 years of my life are going to be some of the sweetest that I'll, that I'll have probably. And I'll, you know, we'll have grandkids and it'll be great, but you know, my kids are eight, six, and then we have a five month old just because we just were like, I'm not done with this yet, yeah. you know? And I just, but I, I see that. And there's things that I want to do. Like I love baseball. My son loves baseball. You know, I want to take my kids to every single major league stadium in North America before they graduate high school. I want to, you know, take them to national parks and go camping. I want to, you know, be able to, I, I want to go up to, we have a family or my wife's family owns cabins up in the Lake Michigan area. I want to be able to go up there for two to three weeks every summer, not just five days, you know? And so it's just stuff like that, because those things create a stronger and a higher quality of life because they're experiential. Mm -hmm. And so I want my kids to be able to look back um, and just know that those, those were just very, very formative and, and special moments. And so, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you can't be doing that year round. And that's why I get back to, again, like I, I love to work. I love to work hard. I love to be fruitful and produce. I mean, that God has wired that in all of us. Right. Um, I think it's more creating a life where I'm running on the cylinders that I, that I know that really ebbs and flows with me and my family in a healthy way. And, and honestly, Lance, I really think that's all of us. We're all designed yeah. to go pretty hard, but then, I mean, it's just like in scripture. I mean, it talks about every seventh day, you know, it's kind of like almost like every seventh month, take a month off, like every seven years takes, I mean, it's just like, there is a built-in rhythm that God has wired within us that we are not designed to go at the pace we are going indefinitely forever. Yeah. And so Thankfully, I, I am seeing companies are adapting more of a philosophy around whether it's unlimited PTO. And some people say that's a facade, but real companies, you know, that or some companies do it. They're like, no, seriously, just get your work done and go do whatever. Um, and I think there are more and more conversations about what work looks like and time and quality of life and balance. Um, but that's been going to become more and more important 
because I'm a millennial, I'm an older millennial, but Gen Z, you know, and the alpha, I mean, that they're literally like, listen, my quality of life is everything. So I ain't working for you, what you want me to do. So I'll just go work somewhere where I can. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. it's going to force things to shift, uh, but that's going to take some time. But all this being said, going back to is like, we were designed to have seasons of rest and reflection, you know, and it, it shouldn't come in 30 years when I'm formally retired. Like, that's right, just, right, right. Totally. That, totally. Yeah. So I, so I, those are the things that I'm, I'm thinking a lot about. And I'm, and I just, my wife have had these conversations about this. And so, um, yeah. And I see men, you know, I've, I've been given the opportunity to, to lead and interact with some very high capacity men. And so I see myself also as a, very much as a mentor and a friend to some of these people. And I want to have more time and capacity to speak life into them, not taking or wanting anything from them, but just to help them in that. You know, I think we all, if, if we are open to it, I think the Lord really wants to use us in those capacities with other people quite often, yeah, yeah. but we all use the same excuse. We're just too busy. Yeah, time, you know? time. Yeah. So, so your oldest will be 13 in five years. Your youngest will be five. So let's, let's bring this back down to what you said earlier, like, okay, like 90 days, like, what does this really, right? What does this really mean? Cause I know something is turning inside of you. The more you begin to dream, you know, you, you can see the baseball stadiums, you can smell the popcorn, like, right. All the feelings, the fishing, like all those things start to become real, the more you talk, but it's only real in as much as what, what does this mean? Like right now, like, right. Yeah. Um, you, you said something earlier uh, about your spouse. What is it that you're you're wanting her and or even somebody else to ask if you're getting it done? Like, like right, if you start to shrink this back down to 90 days and something that's helpful right now, what is it that you're wanting people to ask? Like, Peter, are you, are you moving, moving this down the court? Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think it's because I can become so vision heavy. I want to, sometimes I lose sight of like that uh, in the midst of like, okay, well, here's what I need to do today. Right. Um, which that's why the journal was such a beautiful exercise and expression of what the Lord did through that. Cause it forced me to focus in that. Um, and I certainly find, and I found, I think maybe that's the, the thing is, I think it's a lot. I, I had a mentor of mine. He said, uh, Peter, I just found that I'm just so much better at working for myself than other people. You know, and uh, and sometimes I wonder if that's the case for me, um, you know, because like even this past Monday, I had Monday off because it was Martin Luther King Day for a federal holiday. So I went to a coffee shop and I just wrote I didn't check my email or anything. I just wrote for probably about five hours and I just got a ton done. I mean, it was just and I just felt so refreshed and at the end of it, like I was not tired. I was not like I was literally like. Now I came to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do something different. So I want to go for a walk or go hang out with the kids. But it, it was just a different experience of work. Yeah. Um, and now there's always going to be times where it's like, hey, sometimes work is just arduous. You're going to do things you don't like. But I would like to do what I would like to see in me is 70% of the time I'm operating in my gifts and my strengths and my talents rather than 10 to 15 to 20% of the time, because that's going to result in a more fulfilled man at work in his work, which is going to result in a 
happier, more excited, more energetic dad when he gets home or he has time with the kids or with his wife um, or with others too, for that matter. Right. You know, and so, um, but yeah, I think for my wife, I think it would result into, okay, well, Peter, what does that mean for us financially over the next year? What do we need to do over the next year to get there? Or what do we need to do professionally for you? What does that look like? Um, and so thankfully, you know, this journal, um, there presents an opportunity from a, you know, financially to create a revenue stream. We've actually set it up as a nonprofit where we don't have our 501c3 yet. We've actually operated under our church as a fiscal sponsor, but I could very easily see where it would be, you know, three or four different sources of income that would supplement, you know, what I traditionally do now, which would be a small amount would be, you know, writing and speaking. And then a small amount would be from the journal. Um, and then part of it would be literally just supported through the ministry um, but then I would still like to have my foot in the marketplace. Cause I think that's one of the things that I, I believe has given me so much credibility with what we've done is that people are just like, wow, you're doing that. And you're still in the marketplace. Um, you know, I love nonprofits and I love churches and, and absolutely, or more so churches, but like some people, if all they know is working for an organization where it's just kind of funded for them, where the, rather than they're producing something, um, they have a little bit naive perspective on some things. And I don't mean that as a knock at all. Like I genuinely mean well on that. They don't know what they don't know, but I think that's one of the things that I love so much about the journal is like, I even envision things that we can do an offshoot that are revenue creators and, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors that again, we can go hard for nine months and we can kind of create something that is fruitful for others and obviously financially viable for myself. And so it's just, uh, it's just laying those down and getting those there. So. So let me ask you like, not like 90 days, um, and, and based on, on briefly knowing what you're up to, like, could it be possible that, that things could be accelerated? Like, because there's this deep passion to make this happen, but I'm, but I'm curious, like, what's, what's the fear like, right? Because, because time is still going to pass and, next yeah. five five years and, I mean, and, you're, year. and, and you're still going to operate in like oh man i'm only operating in 20 percent of my gifting per se you know what what's what's the fear about like saying you know what i, I could i can make a revenue stream at x out of this in the next 90 days right or whatever whatever that fear is right now yeah i, I would say it's twofold and this is something that I'm going to get pretty spiritual here. So when we launched the journal, I mean, it was like confirmation after confirmation. I mean, just not only words, but very specific words through multiple people affirming what the Lord had already, you know, put in my heart. I think people have good intentions with prophetic words, but I think sometimes they fall silent when it's just like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, I think really the gift of prophecy or or those things that Paul talks about are really to affirm what the Lord is already doing. You know, there's not confusion. Um, I mean, it was clear about what we were supposed to do with this. And I've seen the Lord work. And every time we stepped out in faith, he met us. I mean, every single time. And so I tasted that it was a very intoxicating place. And so recently I've just told Sarah, I was like, I really believe I need to just go back to the well. I need a fresh anointing for where the Lord would have 
us to go with this in the future. Because really, you know, 2020 and 2021 were building the journal, you know, learning about how to publish, you know, actually it goes back even farther than that, but really those two years was we started to put framework together. We had the budget. We, you know, started to source writers. We had some conversations with people that gave. We started editing. We started doing shoots. We started laying it out. And then we went to press at the beginning of last year. And then all of 2022 was distributing it and marketing it and talking about it. Um, and so I got a taste, you know, and so we didn't do any, I mean, we didn't do any like marketing. Like we spent, I went through the numbers, like we spent like maybe true, like maybe a thousand dollars on like advertising, you know, right. we had some people that made some connections. And so we kind of paid for some of that, but I mean, you know, we had revenue of like almost $60,000 from this, um, journal and we didn't even do anything like it, it. And what I saw so often was we had repeat buyer after repeat buyer after repeat buyer. And we had a guy who ordered one, got it. And he was just like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And you ordered 60 more. I mean, these things aren't like 20 bucks. I mean, they are, <laughs> they're, I mean, we gave him a discount, but I mean, still he's, I mean, he $2,800. He's just like, yeah. I'm going to give him the 50 guys that I know. I'm going to keep 10 for people that I don't know. Like we've had that time. We've had that happen time and time again. And so I'm like, Lord, okay. There's always something here. And I knew like from the beginning, the Lord just breathed into it. It was his, um, but he's used me for a variety of reasons for it. Um, but I've always told my wife, I was like, if I just, if I had more time where I'm just really focused on it, because really this entire thing has been birthed in the margins of my life mm -hmm. before the kids wake up, after they go to bed, very rarely on the weekends, because I don't want to take time away from them. Uh, and then using holidays and time off. I mean, that's really been where this has happened. And the Lord has... He has exponentially compressed time or or, or um, multiplied my time in a sense that like what would normally take me 10 hours to do took an hour or a relationship that I thought would take six months. Hey, here it is right there in a silver. Like he's just, he did what he can do and I can't. And so that's an amazing story in itself uh, time and again. Um, but I, I see so much potential in what we could do with the journal and getting it out there. Um, and so... Um, but I will say this, I think going back to the fear is doubting myself and that fear comes from not being affirmed very early on, you know, as, 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 a, as, a, as a young boy. And so the Lord has been working on that in me, even so much as two years ago, I went through eight weeks of very severe, deep anxiety, like nothing I've ever experienced. It was awful. But it was because the Lord was like, listen, I need you to, I need you to trust me. I need you to rely on me um, in ways that you have never before. And I believe he's preparing me for that again. And there's not a fear in a sense of like, I'm afraid, uh, but there is a slight fear in a sense of like, it, I have a very like comfortable life, like a good life. Like we're still able to do those things, but like, I make a good income. We get to eat out whenever we want. Like. The other day I went to Costco and spent $400 on really good food and stuff because we had a bunch of family in town and it was a blast. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I guess your probably response to that would be in my wife's is too. She's like, well, Peter, it's not like, it's not like God's going to be like, okay, you're going to live poorly. And so I guess, you know, naturally I just default to say, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, like there's, I'm just going to be making 40 grand again or something like that. And the Lord's yeah. like, and Sarah's just like, honey, that's just not going to be the case. And so, um, and so, yeah, I, I think when you ultimately make that jump to being, you know, 
independent or just rely in a different way that's become so stable and so you know safe there's an element of fear there so that was a very long-winded answer i'm sorry i've been all the talking (laughs) uh, well i'm not i'm not not here to talk so so you said sarah was that is that what i heard yeah my wife is sarah yep so what if what if she just asked you every single day for the next 90 days how did you overcome fear today like that would that be helpful yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you like this weekend, we believe is going to be something very momentous. So we got invited to be a part of this extraordinary event. It's an invite only. It's in uh, Sea Island, Georgia. It's right there on the coast. It's an invite only of about 150 to 175 cultural leaders, people. It's not even a public thing. It's very private. And we just got an invite last month. And I'm like, I don't even know how we got invited to this thing. I know some people who are connected to it, but they're like, no, we didn't say anything. Um, and it is it is like a, a collection of high capacity thinkers, culture people, but Christian believers. And I think the Lord, what he's going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going expectant, expectant to be in his presence and to be encouraged, not like that he's going to give me some like transparent outcome, but... What I have found, though, is when I'm placed in environments where I'm thinking differently or the people around me are, that affects me uh, tremendously. And so I think in the environment that I've been in my work, I just kind of default to it is what it is because I've hit my head against the wall so many times because I've spoken up about possible change or do this or do that. And I just keep hitting the wall. And so I've come to the point, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just in the wrong industry and I'm not doing what I should be doing because I keep hitting my head. So anyways, you talk about the 90 days. Like I think a couple of things, I think this weekend is going to be very pivotal because I think it's just going to open my eyes to some things of possibilities. And it's going to help offset some of that fear or doubt because a lot of that comes through people too. Um, You know, whether you're the toughest, strongest person in the world, the fact of the matter is, is when people speak life into you, when people are encouraging you and affirming those things, not just blowing smoke, but honestly, you know, that propels you. It propels anybody. Um, but I think too, just really set up being set apart and taking time and fasting and really just going back to the well and just um I think the Lord will speak. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm I'm certain of it. So I just need to do it. Yeah. So take a deep breath. Probably, this guy's crazy. He's got all no, this stuff. It's, it's, it's good. I just want to be mindful of, of getting you onto your next deal. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably, probably lunch. Uh, what, do you, what are you hearing yourself? Like in our meta conversation, even though I haven't talked, like, like how would you begin to summarize a meta conversation of what's been helpful to you right now? I think I already know what I need to do and I just need to do it. I, I, um, and I need to let go of state safety to really walk into a, a real season of fulfillment in my life. And I think the timing of that is probably going to come a lot sooner than I think. And I think that's probably where the fear is to be honest. So um i think that's it um 
do, do you care to share more about what that thing is that you like like well like i yeah i mean i i i think it's going to be potentially pivoting out of my position here at the bank yeah because i i there are other things the lord has just downloaded on um on my heart with regards to this community with men um this region um just from a gathering standpoint to being a voice in the faith fatherhood work those are the three pillars of the content we created in the journal and i mean i i just i envision so much of what could be uh and i think the lord has really started to already provide some of those resources and i think it's like he's positioning me to say okay now it's now it's time to ask mm-hmm. um and so you know my whole life i've really been the person that's poured into others done for others served others um and so I think what's been difficult for me, honestly, with this journal is uh, I've had to ask. And um, it's a wonderful place to be, uh, but it, it doesn't come natural to me because, again, of so much of my experience growing up, I was just forced to be very independent, self-reliant. Yeah. So my adulthood is a constant trying to pull the self, you know, the this, you know, idea that i can do it all myself it's like you can but it's not as good you know so um inviting others in not because i'm hiding anything um and so i think that's that's by design that the lord's like you're not gonna be able to do this on your own and you obviously need me but you're gonna need others and you're gonna need to ask and even with the journal i'll just share like we raised hundred forty thousand dollars. i asked nothing i didn't ask for anything People literally just said, I heard a little bit about your story. Here's a check for $10,000. People were like, because I've sold it in people's lives. They're like, I know who you are. We believe in you. Here's $25,000. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm just, I, and I had lunch with a guy this week because I was talking about something that I'm wanting to do in conjunction with the journal, which is just this gathering of men of around a hundred men and do like this very intense day and a half around these subjects of faith, fatherhood and work. And we bring in some very high capacity leaders and entrepreneurial thinkers in a Christian space and just create a community. And he's just like, well, what do you need? And I was like, I probably need about five companies to this. He's like, well, we'll help you. He goes, these are the other five you need to call. He's like, just, just let me know when you need to do it. Like this, let's go. And so I think just maybe part of it, Lance, is the fear of rejection, you know, because maybe growing up every time I would go to get it, I wouldn't get that affirmation. And so I think it's just buried so deep in me. I've just that's become a, a natural, um, crutch as I just, I'm like, eh, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, it's not that big of a deal. They're not going to care. They're not going to want to be a part of it. And so I think, um, I've just defaulted to kind of, uh, not asking and just figuring it out on my own rather than truly asking for help and, and inviting other people to, yeah. to take part. So could I, could I share, at least from my vantage point, Please, something that, yeah. that, that could that could be helpful. Yeah. Um, so probably ten minutes ago in the in the conversation, and you and you just confirmed it in the last ninety seconds, right? Part of my like co- this coaching relationship is like, okay, I have to empty myself enough to be able to serve you, right? But at the same time, you know, God's sharpening both of us in this this process, and so yeah. I'm like when when will 
Peter, like, just, just ask, like, right in my head, I'm like, man, if somebody's spending, what'd you say, $2,600 on these journals, like there, there's people buying this that have money that, that would gladly say, Hey, what do you need this year yeah. to, to, to get going? Cause you have time, talents, and treasures that, that God wants you to be a faithful steward of five years sounds great. And that there's no doubt that you'll get there over, over time. But at the same time, it's like, how do we be faithful to what's he's entrusted us to right now, especially, oh, yeah. especially when there's this sense of momentum and yeah. the Holy, Holy Spirit behind you. So that's my, what I'm hearing, but I also know as, as kingdom men that we constantly serve other people, probably my number one thing. And number one thing that I work with a lot of men is that, that we have a hard time asking for our wants, desires, and needs, right? Yeah. Whether it's coworkers, whether it's with our spouse, like we're just great at serving, and so all of a sudden we're, we're challenged with like the sense of courage of like, oh man, I've got to ask for what I want. I've got to ask for what I need. And all of a sudden it's like, am I seen? Am I heard? Does it matter? Am I validated? Yeah. It's like, I can step into it or not, you know? Um, so one, does that make sense? And I guess what, what in particular, like if you were to take like one step out of our conversation, what's been helpful? Uh, I would just say um, asking asking the right poignant questions. Um, and obviously, I know we don't have a lot of background before this. And so, you know, you've been really, I mean, you've been very outstanding just in what you know about me, <laughs> so which is very limited. But um, I, I think just a listening ear has been very, very helpful. Um, someone that understands making a transition and obviously it's evident you've worked with people in similar situations so that's that's very very helpful that's something that i've just discerned in our conversation um but i would say i think something that's been a takeaway is is really stop putting out nine to 12 to 18 months what could be in 90 to 120 to 150 days mm -hmm. and what does that look like so that that is that's really the key takeaway for me is just uh, really putting that perspective. Because honestly, if you're thinking 12 to 18 months out all the time, then that's, it's always going to be 12 to 18 months out and you're never going to be in the, in the know. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there you well, go. Thank, thank you for your courage and your willingness uh, to, to show up and. Uh... Hey friends, that's enough for now. But what can you take away from this conversation? How can you take a faithful step of courage in the next 90 days? If you'd like what you hear, head over to lancehoward.com and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you'd like to be featured on a coaching conversation, I'd be honored to connect with you. Drop me a note and let's see about having you as a featured guest on a podcast. And I also look forward to having Peter back on again soon, where we specifically talk about the Kinsman Journal and how that is revolutionizing and connecting with men in their print journal. Also, it's worth checking out in the show notes. Go over to Kinsman Journal, grab a copy for your father, your son, your husband, send them a copy of the Kinsman Journal. It's worth having. I received one from Peter and I 
truly, truly enjoy it. So thanks again for tuning in today. I look forward to getting back in the saddle with you and sharing some more upcoming episodes. Until next time, peace and courage. Hold fast, my friends.